Um, you got any non-Apple stuff? No, not really. Oh, so we have to talk about this. We do. Okay. So full disclosure, I haven't listened to any podcasts or any media related to this uh, event, uh, the keynote that happened today at 10 a.m., uh, to try to keep things fresh and opinions uh, un untainted or like unshaped by somebody else's thoughts. Yeah, I, I ended up not actually listening to Upgrade yet. I mean, I listened to like <clears throat> the first 10 minutes, but that was all I ended up having time for. So I'm I'm coming in pretty fresh too. Good. You only listen to Snell Talk. That's good. I did. And the, the Snell Talk was pretty funny. Good. Um, so yeah, that's all we're going to talk about this week. So if, if somebody, if people aren't interested in Apple, I refuse to believe you listen to this. <laughs> that's probably a fair <laughs> statement. If, if if somebody only listens to the show for Better Call Saul recaps and they just have to suffer through 80% Apple and Amazon garbage, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a it's an even it's an even week. So yeah, Better Call Saul is next week. Um, so do you want to take it in the order of the event and just kind of go from there? I think we've done that in the past and it's worked out. So sure. Yeah. So off the bat, um, Tim kicked off the event and they and they were very clear from the outset to temper expectations uh, by saying we're going to talk about the two. I forget how he phrased it, but like the two most personal product categories or something. Yeah, so he limited yeah. the scope right off the bat, which I, which I appreciate. <laughs> Except uh, to to fast forward a little bit, you made a joke about if the one more thing ends up being the iPhone uh, Xer, uh, you um, you said you're gonna throw your phone out. And do you still have your phone? <laughs> I do still have my phone. That there did not end up being a one more thing. Yeah, to to the it wasn't to the letter of the law a one more thing, but I forget how Phil phrased it, but it was almost exactly that. Well, it, it it was something like, we love the iPhone so much, you love the iPhone so much, so we're going to announce one more iPhone. Yeah, that was, that was a bit of a mess. But yes, yeah, so the first thing was the Apple Watch, which is, I think, of the two announcements, the way more interesting one. Um, So they came out with the Series 4 Apple Watch that encompasses a few things. Um, So there's new Apple Watch Sport models. There's the stainless... Actually, is it still called Apple Watch Sport? That's a good question. All of me, I, I, I was look, I was looking at the store earlier today too, and I that something like that did stand out to me as well. Because I didn't hear that term used at all. They they were just talking about Apple Watch and then Apple Watch stainless steel. Yeah. So they it's yeah, just it's not it's just Ooh. Apple Watch Series Four, and then you basically pick your finish, and you you pick aluminum or stainless steel. Yeah. So uh, that's a good catch. Yeah. Good job, me. Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, wraparound context for that is that uh, the edition is gone. Let's pour one out for that. Although the uh, Hermes edition does linger on. I didn't look at the I didn't look at the pricing on those. Oh, uh, on the Hermes one. If you want the uh, and also what, what's the who's the guy who it wasn't Kevin Lynch, Marshawn Lynch. Oh, who's the 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 guy the the nerdy guy from Adobe? It wasn't him. It was the other guy today. Uh, it was uh, Jeff Williams. Yeah. So he, somebody paid him enough uh, or uh, prodded him to say, uh, to announce the Hermes band as a dublator rather than just saying double tour like anybody else would. <laughs> and I, I, you can, you can see him dying on the inside when that happened, but it was, it was fine. But yeah, the, the Hermes editions <laughs> cost $1,400. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm on the page now. They're very expensive. 
Yeah. Although the mm, the band on the uh, one that says uh, Indigo Cry, Orange Swift Leather, that actually doesn't look bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's fine, but is it a twelve ninety nine watch? Probably not. No, but was the first one a fifteen thousand dollar watch? Probably no, not. C- certainly not. No. Yeah. No, I think you know they. I mean, it, it's really funny to. And we we should almost do like a whole episode where we just like go back and watch the original Apple Watch event in the context of what we know about it today, because almost almost everything they focused on is, is like discontinued. Yeah, is like not what the Apple Watch is today. And I mean, I don't know how to say this without kind of just sounding like a bit of a smartass, but like I like I really do think it's true. Like, and I I could because I knew this with my experience with the Pebble, it was all about notifications and it was all about fitness stuff like that was from even before the announcement that's what i was excited about the apple watch for so when they tried to talk about a new way of communicating and then they leaned into the whole fashion thing it just it just didn't even to a layman like me just like didn't make any sense so a, a few things on that so I think the the addition was purely a let's placate Johnny Ive and um, I. This isn't a joke. It's not Gavin Newsom. There's the guy who uh, designed the watch. His last name is Newsom. Oh, I he, yeah, him and Johnny Ive have done collaborations on other things for yeah. charity. Yeah, Mark Mark Newsom there is you the go. one who mm-hmm. did the um, the original design for the Apple Watch, which is a very enduring design. So good on him. But yeah, the the so I think the addition was a way to placate uh, those two as part of the project and make it worth their while. And also, I felt I think that they felt that they had to do something to elevate it beyond being a also ran with like a Fitbit and like a Pebble. Like it being from Apple comes with a level of prestige and, and influence that another um, wearable wouldn't have just by default. But I think they thought that the addition would separate it but it, but it was always a dumb concept and, and it, it's good that it's dead well and, it, and totally unnecessary because the apple watch was already differentiated with its screen technology with its deep level of integration in ios which would obviously not be possible with any other device they get they it's almost like they were in like a little insecure with what they had and they shouldn't have been i i don't know i think it's more that so i think that speaks to to the nerd audience but i think that it, it being more than a Bluetooth accessory and having those integrations, like I, I take that point, but I think that the what they the, what they were trying to break was that this is also a legitimate piece of fashion that can roll with um, like actual traditional watches. Whether or not that's actually true, and I think that's getting closer to the truth. But like, I mean, hell, for like even like your wedding a month ago, like you for you forwent forgot. You went without your Apple Watch because it, it, it just didn't fit the occasion. Because maybe because you didn't have an addition. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe. maybe that was the missing piece. Maybe, but yeah, I think I think that's the reason why the addition happened. But it, it, it was I th- I think it wasn't worth it. I don't think it succeeded in, in in any stretch of the imagination. Even if they didn't plan to actually sell any, I, I think for the marketing of it, the steel and the nice leather bands probably did. I think the Hermes edition does more for that than the edition did. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm I'm actually a little I'm a little surprised they 
I mean, they're starting to do this a little bit more, but they, they've now got two. They've got the Hermes version and they has, still have the Nike version. Um, I'm oh, surprised. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't set all the watches on fire. <laughs> right. Um, I'm a little surprised they don't do more of these. There seems to be a bit of an opportunity out there with like, I don't know, like Kate Spade comes to mind, like no, brands like, like that. You're, where it, you're totally right, because like Fitbit did one with uh, Tory Birch. Like, I think there's definitely, like, down market is the wrong term. But no, there's a whole bunch of integrations they could do that would maybe, like, just special edition bands with brands that have, like, their own audiences in, like, yeah, that's that's totally true. Well, and like the, like, the smart thing that they do, which is, you know, a very Apple-like thing to do, right, is they come up with custom watch bands that are specific to that version of the watch that pair really nicely with the bands. Like, you know, as much as I'm not a super big fan of these Hermes um, watches, like I certainly admit that the watch faces, particularly paired with the bands, look really nice. Like it's a, it's a very nice package. And if I was someone who I guess was into Hermes products, and maybe I'd be interested in this. Um, so... You know, I, I yeah, I, I'm a little surprised that, that we haven't seen more of these. That that would have seen like they would have taken all the time that they invested in the edition version and instead came out <laughs> with a handful more of these types of partnerships. I think that would have mm -hmm. been way more successful. The other plus side of doing away with the uh, edition is the fact that people won't have to awkwardly negotiate uh, edition versus series or version. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't you love to know how many of those they sold the, of the uh, the gold one? I, I think I have a ballpark estimate already in my head. <laughs> so, no, but I am interested whenever there's the um, oh, Walter Isaacson's ghost writes the Johnny Ives um, like legacy when he retires in 15 years or he like totally exits technology when there's the, the tell all about that. I assume there's going to be a lot of stuff in there about the Apple Watch and how that ended up the way it did. Maybe. Yeah, not... yeah maybe. Yeah, but I assume it's less than, uh, I think it's less than 5,000 worldwide. I, yeah, I would think so, too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, so the what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so you were talking about the stuff in the original keynote not really applying anymore. It It, it feels weird just in the sense that Apple is a company that like they're always like, oh, we do so much user research and we know why we, we don't make products just to make products. We make them to be useful to people and, and we understand how people use them. But the original Apple Watch felt weird in retrospect um, with how much change it just in a year. And it really felt like they didn't actually use it themselves. Like that in like six months of just like beta testing with employees. They didn't realize, yeah, this digital touch, uh, digital touch stuff and sending your heartbeat and drawing on the screen. Yeah, th this is terrible and nobody uses this. Like, I don't see how that stuff never came up in testing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly what I'm saying, where when I had my Pebble in the six to 12 months before the Apple Watch got announced, I, you know, just from that, from a much more limited device, knew exactly what the Apple Watch needed to be. And yeah, it it's crazy that, a company full of as smart of people as they have didn't didn't pick up on that. What I will give Apple credit for is that um, they've been fairly willing to um, go back to the drawing board and radically change the way the product works uh, year over year. Agreed. 
and even even to the point where Apple usually doesn't like doing that. Like they don't li- like they'll usually be stubborn and commit to something for two or three years, even if it's not really the right thing. Um, but no, like I mean, if you, if you were like maybe somebody who's not that into technology, I think the changes from each uh, watchOS release to another will probably be super annoying. Um, like it's for the better, but it's also kind of a jarring difference. But yeah. Uh, I think terms- the, I say I, I think the other really smart thing design wise that they've done is the bands. Like they continue to come out with new colors, new styles. They've obviously kept band compatibility. That's been, I think, a huge part of the Apple Watch success. Because I mean, honestly, like I th- when if you want to talk about the fashion thing, that I think is what most people care about is they just want a band that that suits them. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I, I don't. From the people that I know that wear Apple watches, I don't see them changing the band that much. Like I've got like three that I cycle through, um, and I know you've got your, um, you have kind of like a, a link bracelet style one, right? It was, it wasn't a legit. It was, it was a third party one. It was, yeah. No, I got a, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't mean. To, I'm not trying to call you out, but, uh, but no, because the real one's like four hundred dollars. Well, it's more than that. I think it's like five, six hundred bucks. Uh, so yeah, no, I have a third party link bracelet that I actually very much like, um, and then I have the. I forget what it was called, like the the nylon, um, the one that's got the, like the, the, the sport loop. No, I don't have the sport loop. I have the one that's actually got the the buckle. It's the one people were calling the NATO watch for a while, but it wasn't. Yes, yeah, but uh-huh. it, but that's not the name either. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I have that. I've got the um the link bracelet that we were just talking about, and kind of sad now. I have the the gray sports band, which as I'm looking on Apple's website, they are no longer selling. And I, I quite like the, the gray sport band, but it's, it's uh no more as of today. Yeah. Oh, I didn't check. Did spicy orange um, survive the purge? Uh, spicy orange did not. And in its place, they had now have nectarine, mm. which in fairness on the website does not look great, but I have, certainly found with almost all of the apple watch bands you need to see them in person they really don't photograph very well yeah friend uh unknowing friend of the show jason snell um brought up once where he was looking for a giant's orange this was like about a year ago he's like yeah the different shades they've come out with like there's only one that's actually been close to being actual giant's orange so no so that's that's totally true um but so sorry going back a 20 minute tangent about stuff that wasn't announced today uh, so the current Apple Watch set that they came out with today, so there's the Apple Watch Series 4, uh, no more Sport Edition, there's just Apple Watch Series 4, and then there's the Stainless Steel Editions, um, and no edition. And then, um, yeah, that's it. They're keeping uh, Series 3 around, but the big updates in Series 4 is that there's a new, um, air quotes, edge-to-edge screen on it. Mm. Um, it's a little bit thinner. Um, the back is now ceramic similar to the edition edition no longer exists edition uh, the second edition cubed yeah mm-hmm. um and so that allows for better uh rf performance which is cool um and they leaned like the, the, like the, we already knew a lot about watch os 5 which is most of what's changed about this like the like the other stuff was like oh the speaker's louder and um the screen is bigger because it goes quote unquote edge to edge. Um, 
but most of the stuff they talked about today was related to um health like there was a little bit on fitness but a lot of it was related to um a partnership that they have with the american heart association um for sensors on the back that now allow for a um electrocardiogram or as as you would say an ecg uh and as as i googled same as an ekg because an ekg is based off of german pronunciation oh um, I, was, I was totally wondering if those were different things and i'm like uh no they're not so that's cool um and then there was also a story like uh two days before sorry monday that's a weird way to phrase it uh where some uh journalist uh, said that um the stanford heart study that they did actually led to him discovering that he had um uh atrial fibrillation what what's the term uh they said a, it a lot a, a, a fib is the short version that's a good way of getting out the question. So that, yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, yeah, so that that's cool. Um, although, like, I have like my own like concerns. Like, that's that seems like a a big th- thing to be able to trust to a watch. Where, like, I assume there's like a billion disclaimers on it. Um, well, and it, just, and it is. It has gone through an FDA certification. Yeah, but, which yeah, which is you know I I. I, I, obviously i don't know if that's necessarily bulletproof but i mean that that means something and this isn't just something that apple's thrown out there yeah like i mean because there's um what was the thing like like we our favorite hobby horse the the nokia with things why things things where oh yeah the, there was the thing with like the pulse ox sensor like where it feels like in um fitness gadgets and wearables and stuff there are sometimes gimmicky uh, features that try to border on like legitimate medical science things. And I don't think Apple would do that, but that's the only thing that gives me pause about this. But it cool. Uh, just a, a really, really quick digression that the mm-hmm. whole Withings, Withings, Nokia thing. Mm-hmm. So when Nokia purchased, what, what, what have we decided? Withings, Withings? I always say Withings. Okay, Withings. Well, yeah, Withings sounds weird, like writhing. When, uh, <laughs> So when Nokia or Nokia, as you like to pronounce it, <laughs> the worst episode. <laughs> uh, they went in and completely rebranded the app and, you know, put Nokia everywhere. And then uh, I've already forgotten with Withings. That's what I'm going to say. Withings, all of that branding was gone. And then yeah, just it's as Nokia of, health mate now. Uh, well, no, as of about a week and a half ago, Wait, it's now back to Withings. <laughs> So, like, I'm just imagining that there's some poor design guy who spent, like, all this time making the transition from Withings to Nokia and then <laughs> had to completely undo all that work. No, mine still says Nokia Healthmate. Well, you you are behind in your app update, sir. Hmm. Okay, a... or I'm just avoiding my scale. <laughs> um, yeah, that sucks. Or uh, I mean, that's that's awkward. I thought Google was buying them. Apparently, yeah, I apparently so not. Too. I, I have to say, though, I'm not heartbroken that google didn't buy them did your scale not tell you that tell me is there not a heartbreak sensor (laughs) um all right give myself all pats on the back today Uh um so yeah so we are talking about uh, so yeah the the health stuff so that's so that was cool um so that does a thing where it has new sensors that are inside of the digital crown that link with sensors on the back of that, like the bulbousy thing um, on the bottom of the Apple Watch. So that's neat. Um, 
also for the AFib thing, uh, the watch will do continuous um, blood pressure readings to let you know if your blood pressure is too low and, and suggest that you see uh, a trained physician if something's up. Uh, so that's cool. Um, and then there was also like, I took note of this, like, and I, and I, I, I want to be sensitive to this, but the whole fall thing was, it's a, it's an, it's a worthwhile and interesting feature, but it, it, it was weirdly presented. It was weirdly presented and it felt like they really got hung up on it. They spent, spent a lot of time on it. And also, like, when you have, like, a 50-foot projector screen behind you of just, like, some guy in Converse sneakers about to fall off a lot. Like, it was just so weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's, it, it seemed strange. But apparently, they did a lot of research on um, uh, the motions that you that are measurable if somebody takes a fall um, and can contact emergency services. So that, that's, that's a great feature. Um, something, I mean, honestly, that would probably be uh, uh, more... Um, meaningful to the older crowd, which is not how they really positioned it, but is totally valid and worthwhile, um, especially for the cellular edition too. Um, so no, that's a good feature. Um, but yeah, most uh, of the presentation of the watch revolved around health. Yeah, those two features, which you know, a little a little weird for a watch that does seem substantially different in other ways. Yeah, very uh, and two very... Um... Niche isn't really the right word here, but just two very specific features. De- mm-hmm. Like definitely not g- general use features. Like in in the past, it's been a larger focus on maybe new types of complications or new types of workouts. Again, more general use type cases. And yeah, just... like like with was it series two? Which was the first one that was um like heavily waterproofed? Series two. I think so, yeah. Like, that's the one where they talked a whole bunch about swimming and diving, and, like, those are maybe, like, maybe I'm just being too narrow in this, but those seem like broader um, use cases that you can sell. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's cool. Um, in terms of the watch differences, so, yeah, so there's this new edge-to-edge screen, and the um, screen is now kind of, like, tapered and rounded with the edges. It actually looks really, I don't know if you if you've looked at Fitbits recently, but there's a model called the Fitbit Versa which always kind of looked like a cheap Apple watch. Uh, but this new watch actually looks very, very similar to that. Um, just in terms of like screen shape and stuff. Um, but yeah, series four, like that does look nice. Um, and even though the watches have gone to a 40 and 44 millimeter diagonal, like um, screen uh, dimensions thing, uh, the watch band compatibility falls in line with the 38 and the 42, and basically those compatibility layers just scale up just a little bit. So your 42 watch bands work with the 44 Series 4. Right. Yeah, it's, it seems like they're... I mean, Apple's never like totally locked into something, but I mean, I, man, that, that's going to be a thing when they do eventually decide to switch watch bands. Like that's, you know, it's going to be... I think offline, I compared it to the... 30 pin to lightning transition like it's going to be like they definitely held on to that 30 pin connector probably longer than they wanted to just because they knew how painful the transition off of it was going to be and i think the the bands are kind of the same way now with the watch yeah i I think you're right but i also think that uh, when it happens you can't fault them for it but i think i think they probably do feel locked into it where maybe they're like this is a product we're trying to nurture and even though we do maybe want to make more radical um like casing changes to the watch 
we really don't want to burn the people who adopted this early, which I mean, which Apple generally does not care about that. But yeah, like I, I think when it happens, they'll be justified in doing it. But yeah, they're, they're probably nervous about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, th- I think you captured the headline, which is it is technically a new design, but it, it is certainly still sort of an iterative upgrade um, on top of what we've seen from the past handful of years. I have some notes just on some smaller things that I noticed or mm-hmm. um, that I thought were interesting. Uh, new speaker and microphone, which I don't know if I've really complained much on air about this, but I just I think that the microphone and speaker on even the Series 3 Apple Watch is, are just complete garbage. Like any time I've ever tried to do a, a phone call with my watch, it, neither the sound quality nor the microphone quality has been anywhere close to okay so i'm really glad that they've spent some time focusing on that a new 64-bit processor so the watch is now 64-bit which is kind of in line with apple really completely eliminating any kind of 32-bit support across all of their platforms um unchanged battery life which is a little disappointing um but you you get six hours of workout now which i think is up from like maybe four and a half or five from series three um and i don't know i guess the the reason that the the battery thing is a bummer actually isn't so much just for battery life but in what that could lead to which is an always-on display i was a little disappointed that that's not something that that we saw today i really thought that this would be the year where that might happen um, and then also no native sleep tracking, which I also thought was something that we that we might see this year. And both of those things, I think, you know, obviously are very battery dependent. So I'm a little disappointed there wasn't a bit more focus there to to make features like an always on display and sleep tracking possible. For the battery life thing, I mean, in its current state, like I, I, the fact that the watch got a little bit thinner. Even though Apple Watch 3, when they added cellular, did get a few millimeters thicker, so they're basically just going back to what it was. Like, it getting a larger display that is going to be more power-consuming, and it got thinner, and maintaining the same battery life, which, in my experience, even though I rarely ever actually end up using the cellular connectivity part of it, where I generally end a day with, like, 70% left over, like, I don't see that as being too much of a bummer. Um, And I I was... always on display wasn't really on my radar this generation i didn't i didn't really think that anything has really changed that much that would cause that to be feasible this year so eh. i mean we can always dream like i mean uh, uh this is actually an aside real quick um have you noticed on your series three do you do you find the wrist detection worse than in prior generations uh no hmm yeah, I don't know. On mine, it feels like it, 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 I don't know if it's a watchOS 4 thing or a wrist detection thing, but it feels, or like, sorry, a Series 3 thing. It feels like it, there are a lot of times when you turn your wrist and it's still black for me. Hmm. Yeah. You're just probably turning your wrist wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um, the only other kind of big, actually, I guess a couple other big notes that I had. Um, the Series 4 in this presentation carried a long-standing tradition of Apple's now, which is they like to introduce a bunch of really dumb new watch faces. So this year, we got the Vapor watch face. We got the Flame watch face. 
Um, and I don't, I don't mean to take away from the, the infograph faces. Those look really, really cool. That, that was the watch face that we saw like in the leaked photo. And then Real there's quick, a, can you, can you link me? I can't find a good spot that's showing the new watch faces. Um, I, it, I think I put it somewhere in the thing. I'll, I'll, I think there was a nine to five Mac thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, every year they come out with a handful of just what I personally think are just really dumb, not very useful watch faces. Do you mean like, you're not using the Woody one? <laughs> I'm not. Um, and you know, like, I guess the reason I'm harping on it a little bit here and the reason why I think it's, I mean, it's partially funny, but it's also disappointing is because of the fact that Apple doesn't let third parties build watch faces. You know, we're entirely dependent on what Apple does. And that's an area of Apple Watch where, you know, I, I think these infograph watch watch faces are definitely a step in the right direction. But outside of that, like Apple just really hasn't iterated on the watch faces very much, which I think is um, just kind of disappointing and a bit of a, a missed opportunity. Yeah, like I, I think Apple's totally that they're making the right decision in not letting third parties make watch faces. Like I, I'm, I'm adamant about that. I think if they did, you would have a lot of like, because Apple can't be the arbiter of like they can't have like an app review team for watch faces that says this is too ugly. So like, I mean, I, I think them limiting that still is probably a wise move. But no, I think you're right. Like where that that the the fire one looks so, gosh darn silly. Like it 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 looks absolutely horrible. Um, the, the breathe one I actually think looks really cool. I think that's a very good secondary one. Um, but yeah, but the one thing that I did want to bring up is that, so what, what do you call the one? What's the one you've been talking about? The infograph. Is that the one that's, is that the new version of modular or is that the one that has like eight complications on it? Well, so that's, there's infograph is kind of an umbrella name. And then there's the kind of analog version which is which was in that leaked photo before the event and then there's the modular version but the premise behind both is the same is they got it are able to show more complications because of the larger screen yeah so the infograph uh analog one hurts my brain and and i don't like it, it it's it's too busy it seems so it looks so samsung-y I, it looks really bad there's way too much going on. There are, so you have on this on this example one that you have on this 9 to 5 Mac article that you'll have in the show notes, you have a timer, you have a bar graph representation of the timer, you have a current weather temperature with a line chart of the actual temperature, you have time in a different time zone, UV index, which how actionable is that actually? The date, the globe for some reason, activity, watch or sorry apple music progress and then the actual watch itself and then also your calendar like th this is insane yeah i mean i i think just to play devil's advocate a little bit you can leave any of those complications sections blank so you don't necessarily have to have all of that info well but then that's not really an improvement though that's basically the watch face you already have. Like that's not really like there. It looks like their way of using screen real estate. Like and also, I'm very opposed to um, watch faces with color on them. Like I, I just think that like that's just visually distracting and looks really cartoonish. 
um, which is why like on, on my version, like I will generally use a monochrome one or one that's white with just like very clear accent lines. The, the modular version of it looks nicer, but it also like Apple has an issue where this is probably undoing my, my earlier point of not allowing other people to make watch faces, but Apple doesn't have any good watch faces that have digital time on them. This version of modular is an improvement, but it's still not great. Yeah, I'm I'm fine even with the current modular version, and I think the new one looks really nice. I also don't agree with the um, color comment. I actually really like the the multicolor scheme. Hmm. Yeah, teach their own. Mm-hmm. Um. So then the only the only other thing I had the the second big thing is uh, price. Uh, money, uh, money with wings emoji. <laughs> AF. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it is super expensive. It's 400 bucks for the non-cellular one. Yeah, so it ends up, you and I were kind of doing this in real time during the event. It basically ends up being 100 bucks more than the Series 3 was when it launched, which is, you know, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that if I felt like there were enough upgrades to justify an extra $100, but... A marginally larger screen, just I don't know. I'm I'm not not really sure Apple earned that there. Yeah, like uh, unless they think they're pricing like the safety features as being worth it. Like I, yeah, it's it's it's, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ASP has got to go up, so I guess that's what they're doing. There was no like storage bump or anything. Like the old one had 16 gigs of storage too, right? Uh, I think that's right. Yeah, I mean storage isn't really something they talk about with apple watch yeah i'm just trying to think of like some reason where they, they think that's justified not they have to justify it but like eh, not a whole lot changed like a couple of sensors that from like I, I understand they're worthwhile features but for most people that's not actually something they're going to be using like actively yeah so uh available for pre-order starting uh well technically friday but it's 1201 friday so really thursday night and then available uh, September 21st, the, the following Friday. And I apologize. I had to step away while you were uh, talking to kill a spider. But did you say you're buying one or not? <laughs> I, well, we haven't gotten into that yet, although that, I think that's probably a, uh, that's a good way to end the Apple Watch segment. So, yeah, I am buying one. Um, I follow the same principle with the Apple Watch that I do with the iPhone, which is it's, you know, one of my most used devices on a, a day in day out basis so i i kind of always want the the latest and greatest so um you know i mentioned that the uh the gray sport band is no longer available so I, i'm i'm gonna have to make a bit of a decision there um but i think i'm gonna go with the uh series four with cellular in the aluminum space gray and I, I'm going to try to find the, um, uh, what's this called now? This is called the uh, Sport Loop Band. Mm-hmm. So there's a... Uh, That's a Velcro one, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's like a um, a black one that's got a bit of a kind of a gray tone to it that um, I think I'm going to go with. Yeah, so... I, I I like this. I and and even though I have a love hate relationship or or not not even love hate, um like I have a I have a 
uh, like ambivalence towards the watch, but I still generally like it in my life. Uh, where, yeah, like I think I think I'm totally into this. Where I will end up getting the again the space black uh, cellular steel version of the of the series four. So that's even that's even more expensive for you, right? Yeah, I, I looked at my receipt from last year. It it, it is just an even hundred dollar difference, but yeah, that's that's pretty lame. Yeah, I um, I like I I like the stainless steel, but I've just never been able to justify the cost increase. Because I really do like the way that the aluminum looks. Yeah. For me, it's because, one, I like that it's a little bit heavier. And I, I wouldn't say it's classy, but like if you throw a leather band on it, I think it, it, you can get by with a dress shirt on it where it doesn't look out of place. Um, more so than I think you can with the aluminum one. I don't think it's a world of difference, but I think it's a little bit. Um, and also, I'm a little bit of a clumsy person. Uh, the sapphire crystal screen thing that does not scratch is totally worth it like i i've banged up this watch quite a bit and it looks brand new so then that's that's still exclusive to the stainless steel version yeah mm. the other one has whatever like apple calls it, ion x or something yeah yeah but i mean that uh I, yeah going in i wouldn't have thought that this was going to be a dramatically different well actually when uh the guy from 9to5Mac posted the the leaks that he found on some web server where it was fun to watch the videos where you could tell like, oh yeah, this is where, this is where that guy pulled it from. <laughs> uh, so yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, who would have thought that the Apple Watch would be the most exciting or interesting part of this? Or maybe, maybe I'm wrong and you think the iPhone uh, 10s Max is, is the bee's knees, but um, <laughs> the, the I don't know, the watch is, the watch is pretty cool. I, I I don't know. I I'm I, I partially agree. I guess the way that I would phrase it is, I actually thought both products were about equally interesting. Like, and which I which I think is is still surprising. Normally, you'd expect the iPhone to by far and away be kind of the main event. But leaving the event, I would say that I'm uh, yeah equally excited for both. Yeah. Do you have any other watch stuff or jump into the phone? Let's jump into the phone. All right. Uh, uh iphone tennis yeah so i thought this part of the presentation especially in the beginning was really weird so so schiller comes up as he normally does and i don't know if you were picking up on this at all but for the first like three or four minutes of the presentation especially like had obviously none of this leaked out beforehand the way that Schiller was talking about the phones, like he just kept saying the iPhone XS, like as an umbrella term to cover both size phones. And that's, I would have thought like, oh, so it's just, it's going to be the XS in two different sizes. And there's not going to be, you know, like the plus moniker for the larger screen phone. Like it, it really did seem like he was describing one phone, two screen sizes. Whereas like in the, in the past, it seems like right away from the first moment that the phones are announced, they very clearly treat the, you know, regular phone and the plus phone kind of as like two separate phones. Um, but then, of course, he did eventually bring in the the Max uh, name, which it's going to take a little bit of getting used to. Uh, but in any case, you know, in, in retrospect, it's it's kind of easy to see, I think, why they have initially framed it that way is because unlike in the past where there have been features that have kind of differentiated the plus typically around the camera. The 10s max is literally just the same phone as the 10s, just with a, a bigger screen. 
which is good. Uh, like I, as somebody who doesn't like the plus club type thing, I'm very happy there's feature parity, even, even though that's not a phone I would consider. And I know that, well, not to spoil things, but that that's the phone that you're leaning towards. Oh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get, to, we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm very happy they didn't, they didn't pull any shenanigans of, of withholding features just to drive up ASP, even though literally everything the company does is, is, is centered around that metric. Um, so yeah, so the, uh, do you want to talk about the naming or do you want to talk about the the phone first? Let's get let's get the naming out of the way. So this is really bad. Yeah, it's, this, it's, this, very, it's very bad. It's very bad. So sorry, I'm I'm gonna rant for a minute here. So if you go to apple.com slash iPhone, you can see iPhone, uh iPhone X and then S with a, a small box around it. This is the similar thing that you will have seen uh when the iPhone 5S came out. But then if you click on the Apple and go to just regular https apple.com, uh big news. And also, I appreciate that the Johnny Ive parody thing uh, just uh, did a did a um, Photoshop of that, just saying big prices or something. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So big news: uh, introducing the new iPhone X's, the new iPhone X's Max, iPhone Xer, and Apple Watch Series Four. Because here they don't care to put the um, the the little box around it. And also, the S is not capitalized, and this is something that came up with the 5S originally, and then I think like Apple like waffled on it for about a week because I guess marketing and web like they just couldn't agree on it. Where when the iPhone 5S came out, it just was it was stylized to look like iPhone 5s, and Apple doesn't even have consistency on its own website. Where on the main homepage it says iPhone X's. Or iPhone tens, like however you, however you want to do it. So so re- no, I think real time follow up here that that is a capital S. It's not. It is. I will screenshot it right now. No no no, but I, I like I see what you're saying, but I think the easiest way to describe what I'm looking at is look at the iPhone ten R. That's a capital R that, but it's but it's a smaller case, and I think but, that's that's all that's going no. on with the S. It it then it then either they're doing like some type of like scientific notation like superscript for it. It the, an S looks the same whether it's capitalized or not. No, I, I understand that. So what I'm saying is, I I believe that that's a capital S. That's just a smaller font size, same as as the R. I mean, the fact that, that we're that makes no the difference. fact that we're debating about this speaks to well, the, the fact of how stupid the names are. But that makes no difference. If you make a capital S smaller, it's a lowercase s. No, <laughs> it is. It really is. I can you can you call your wife in the room and ask. Her? <laughs> No, she'll take your side. <laughs> of course, I I will go to my grave. On, well, I'm gonna, <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil this into my OmniFocus because I have to go ask a bunch of people now to see see that I'm not nuts. I mean, I I I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. What what, what I'm so now, saying now it is, looks even less consistent because the now 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 it's bugging me that the R is small. No, I know, yeah, but that that's why I'm saying that I think the intent is a. So now it's dumb for three separate reasons. <laughs> um, and they didn't even like in the past. They've always like wasn't it like so the S was like speed, and then like the SE was special edition. Um, they didn't at all try to justify what the R was for, right? I'm trying to think of something sarcastic to say, but I can't. But no, <laughs> no they didn't because that was yeah when when the when the 3GS came out, it was, uh, yeah, that stands for speed. 4S was Siri. 5S didn't really have one, but it eventually became known as security. And then 6S was just shrug emoji. 
And yeah, this one has nothing. Right. And you would have thought that that might have been dead with the the lack of the 7S and them jumping right to the 8. And then now they're pulling this Microsoft type thing where the I we're just going to we're going to skip from 8 to 10 and we're not going to we're going to pretend the number 9 doesn't exist. And like that's it's just weird. Um and also I I'm, I'm not really ready to play the game of cuz I'm just going to say that it's the 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 uh it's eventually going to become the iPhone uh, XS. I don't like I know that Apple's going to push really hard on it and that um the Apple like podcast group is going to play the game for a little bit but all regular people are going to call are going to call this the iPhone XS like immediately and it's going to be the iPhone XS Max and it's going to be like the Affordable Care Act and Obamacare like it eventually everybody's going to give in and just be like yeah okay it's Obamacare so like i think we're all going to eventually call it the iPhone XS because like it's it's just really difficult to 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 square up in my head that iPhone it should be roman numeral x as in the number 10 and then s like that's 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 not going to fly yeah even it even seemed like schiller was like kind of having a hard time saying it at times on stage well, cuz um, he was also trying to remember series 7000 aluminum and all the other bs things are making up for that like it was so weird to have him try to pretend that the, he cared about the iPhone 10R. Yeah, one. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get there, but um, yeah. How do, you, uh, how, do, how do you how do you feel about Max? It's it's really dumb, really yeah. really dumb. Like I mean, plus, plus plus was kind of yeah. dumb too, but at least it kind of made sense, sort of. And I, I maybe their thing is that they. Uh, the plus, like going back to what you said about feature parity, and the plus always had something a little, like a little something extra. Oh, Max also implies something extra. It implies that it's a gigantic speaker from Google. Like I don't, I don't know. They're they're all really bad names. It, it and for a company that alleges to always be so deliberate about things, like this, this is this is this is garbage. And yeah. also, the, the what? So XR, what? It, it, it's so what does weird, the R so stand weird. for? I, I don't know. Regular people, like like rectangle, like what? what like what does it? <laughs> I mean, I I think, and so I I listened to that episode of the talk show with um, Renee Ritchie right before the event. It was actually it was a, it was a really really good episode. Hmm. And I thought Gruber brought up a really really good idea, which I'm just amazed Apple didn't run with which is had they gone with the iphone x so you know same thing but actually pronounced it x they then could have solved their problem for like the next 10 years naming wise because then they could have gone x2 x3 and that's actually like like the iphone x2 that's that's a cool name yeah but they'd run afoul of bmw's suvs i mean like other people have (laughs) used that naming scheme so, but, but that does make sense. Like, cause they either, they're either in the position where they're going to, they have like three options. They're going to name everything like fucking awkwardly like this. They're going to try to do the thing they did with, what was it? The fourth generation iPad, which is the one that was called just iPad or the new iPad. I I don't remember what generation that was, but yeah, there was, but it was, but it was, was a like weird that. time. Cause then like almost immediately they're like, Oh, Oh shit. It's the fourth generation iPad. Cause nobody knows what this is. Or they have to do something like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they, cause you can't keep counting up forever. But like, there's some other 
like there's there are other options and yeah x2 would have been something else or they they could have done something yeah um or i mean and there's also been the other competing theory which i don't really get behind but like have you ever thought that apple phone sounds good no no me either but it but it makes sense compared to apple tv apple watch and all that kind of stuff but yeah but iphone has too much power around it yeah it does not air power though <laughs> no there's no 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 power behind air power that is so weird i know uh, they'll never fall on their sword and, and just say oh, oh shit it's, it's never coming but that's yeah yeah gruber had a tweet um like he said he couldn't even get um anybody off the record to talk to him about it so um yeah not not good I haven't checked the AirPods page because apparently that was the only lingering mention of AirPower. And I, oh, nope, it's still there. It just says optional wireless charging case in parentheses currently unavailable. Yeah. Weird. Um, and of course, people also pointed out that Apple, it said that it was Qi charging compatible, like I guess on a slide, but otherwise there was no mention about wireless charging on stage. But but all the new phones have it, including the iPhone XR. Yeah, somebody had said that it actually it's that was weird because this version actually supports faster wireless charging. Right. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. So that's strange. So in terms of the 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 the, the iPhone XS itself, uh, the big improvements are around the A12 Bionic chip, which is just faster in general. Uh, faster face ID allegedly, and we'll, we'll get to that. Um, and camera, like, I'm actually unsure. Did the camera get better, or from a hardware standpoint? I mean, it probably got a little bit better, or was it almost all software? Well, I think it was. It wasn't so much that the lenses necessarily got a ton better, but I think the the pitch today was because of all the new processing power they're getting with the a12 there's just a lot more and better image processing that's happening so does that does that mean those improvements don't get backported to the 10 i would assume so right so it's it's kind of a it's not all software there's, there's a bit of hardware involved there too hmm. and then what else was different about it so it comes in gold yeah so mm -hmm. a couple of small things so yeah so gold is available on the the 10s and the 10s max the 10r gets a bunch of pretty nice colors which is it's strange that they don't have colors be an option on the 10s as well that's that's kind of disappointing um one thing that i picked up on which i'm excited about which schiller briefly mentioned but was mostly just on a slide um the i the i don't know if the 10r gets this but at least the 10s 10s is <laughs> get this which is the 120 hertz screen that the no no so th that is so that's that's awkward or, or that's that that was different or difficult it's not like the ipad pro it's 120 hertz touch input response not the screen refresh rate oh really yeah no and, and on multiple slides they were very deliberate in saying that because i'm like oh shit like that that's really really cool no um i don't i don't know how you'd google this but no it's 120 hertz it's it said like touch refresh or something oh that's disappointing because i was a little surprised that the iphone 10 didn't have that last year so i thought for sure the phones this year would yeah i assume that just has to be a really battery consuming feature where they can 
spend those cycles on an iPad with a gigantic battery, but on a phone, it's you you can't. Yeah, I, I guess I guess so. Um, so they spent a lot of time talking about um, stereo sound, which has been a thing on the iPad for a while. So that that's now on the um, at least on the 10s and the 10s Max. I, I don't recall if it was on the 10R. Um, a big way they framed the size of the screen is they um or screens i guess i should say is they they did a lot of comparison to the iphone 8 which has been obviously specifically the 8 plus yeah that was that was the reference point for every single phone they showed right um so with like the 10s max it's effectively dimension wise exactly the same size as an iphone 8 plus so it's a tiny bit smaller but but effectively is the same size but the screen is exactly one inch bigger so that's that's pretty impressive mm-hmm um, and then with the 10R, they sort of framed it as the phone being exactly in the middle between the 8 and the 8 Plus, again, in terms of physical dimensions, which I, I thought was kind of a, that's a smart way of framing it. Yeah. Um, looking at this, uh, like the, the hands-on article from The Verge, um, let me paste a link. Is this the space gray or is which color is this? Um, because it's either a darker silver. Because like on on the the white slash silver version of last year's iPhone 10, it was it was like kind of a piano white. This this is an interesting interesting color. Yeah, I don't I don't love that color. I kind of hope that's not the space gray, <laughs> or I hope that that maybe is just like a just like a lighting angle. Yeah, yeah. But I mean every. Every year, it seems like they have a different shade of space gray. But I mean, when you when you look at the website, um, the space gray looks exactly the same as this year's phone. So, I I think that's probably just a lighting thing. Got it. Uh, so, can we talk about Face ID real quick? Yeah. What they talked about it being faster on multiple occasions. And the two reasons they said that was possible or, or was the case was because there's a faster secure enclave, which is a hardware feature, like that's legitimate. And then they cited faster algorithms. And again, not that it's entirely relevant to this specific discussion of new phones. Does that mean, like algorithms are just software. So does that mean they're going to artificially keep the one in the iPhone 10 slow? Yeah, I take I take that to mean that because of the faster processor in these new phones, they're able to do whatever math they're doing more quickly. So do you think that implies that the face ID sensor itself is literally no different? Correct. That that's what I interpreted. That it all all the improvements are processor related. So if you had problems with the the angle and like that kind of those types of drawbacks to face ID, that's probably no different. Uh, not necessarily. Um, hmm. Maybe because it's able to process the image more quickly now, maybe it's able to work through, like maybe there would be a slight issue before that would cause it just to kind of error out that now maybe it's able to work through. I, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, so another clarifying question for you. What is, is Super Retina something different? Like, has the resolution on these phones changed? No, they they referred... I had to kind of remind myself about this. They referred to the iPhone 10 screen last year as being Super Retina. That's the uh, OLED moniker. And to skip ahead for just a sec, what did they call the iPhone 10R screen? 
like liquid like li- something liquid crystal or something oh it wasn't liquid retina okay or li- liquid retina yeah was it that I... that sounds um, yeah okay um but apparently most of the hand well okay is there anything else on the iphone uh tennis um i can look it back at my notes here um no, I think I think that's that's kind of that's kind of about it. Um okay, so then let's look at the iPhone XR. So again, like this was really weird. This just it had a really weird flow to it. Like I coming into the event would have thought they would talk about this phone first, especially considering they spent the entire presentation comparing it to the iPhone 8 and clearly framing it as the successor to the iPhone 8 which, you know, obviously makes sense. So I would have thought that it would have flowed where it's like, okay, here's our successor to the iPhone 8, and then now here's our successor to the iPhone 10. But they did it kind of in reverse. So it was like, I don't know, it felt very kind of just tacked on at the end. And like you and I both commented in real time that like, and we mentioned on the show earlier, just like Schiller's transition into talking about the 10R was like just really forced and in no way left me excited to hear about that phone. Yeah, like I think it was a toss-up on which direction they took it, like whether they wanted to introduce the unexciting phone or like the not top-of-the-line phone first and then like just blow it away with the higher-end phone. Or if you want to start from the top, get people excited about that and then and pull back. So I think it could have gone either way. But yeah, the part like where, like I mean, I was looking at the clock where I'm like, okay, so if they're only talking about these two things, and then um, we'll get to it. But there were three different app demos in the middle of them. Like, okay, wow, they're really padding this thing out. But then it was like eleven twenty-five or an hour and a half, almost an hour and a half into the into the event. And then they're like, oh yeah, one more thing, sort of. And here's this other phone that we're going to spend a bunch of time talking about. See, so, yeah, the whole the pacing and the way it was introduced was was really weird. And but I will say that they succeeded. Maybe I'm not sure if they succeeded. They succeeded in making the 10R not seem that low end, but also I feel in retrospect they probably made it made the the 10S by comparison seem less special. No, I I that's I think it's a really smart way to put it because um, I was really surprised at. Like I totally expected to get to the 10R and it was like and it doesn't have this, it doesn't have this, it doesn't have this, but. But no, like it's it's the exact same processor. Um, it is a single lens camera system, but through software they're doing like a, a fake bokeh effect. So you you even get the the portrait mode stuff. Like I'm so angry. <laughs> that was a very upsetting demo. Yeah, I figured you wouldn't like that. But uh, yeah, I mean across the board, just it's basically exactly the same phone, other than the screen, which. Yeah, I mean, I I think the way you said it was really smart. It's it basically it kind of makes the 10R look like a like you know a good deal to a slash kind of like a right price to deal, and then it kind of makes the 10S just look like a really expensive phone. Well, maybe you just want to spend the ten uh, the two fifty extra to not have a phone called the Tenor. <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah. So I mean, the the only two drawbacks, like yeah, no, like they they really succeeded in something I didn't think they would do. Which yeah, like it it seems like a totally viable phone. Um, they 
like they really sold the fact of in the first half of why OLED is a better technology and why the screen just looks amazing. But when they were having the discussion about the the liquid retina screen, that kind of stuff, um, and about, like a lot of the stuff about the, the people, the feedback from people who had time with it in the hands-on area is that it's a really good LCD screen. Like it's, it's not OLED, but it's still very, very passable. And even though the bezel is slightly bigger on this one, um, it's still totally serviceable as, as a, as the a screen that kind of fits the phone. Um, but yeah, pretty much everything about it is exactly the same during the photography examples. Yeah. They were like, Oh, they're, they're basically doing, um, what Google's been doing for the past year and a half or so with their pixel core technology, where they've been doing, um, depth effects and stuff, uh, like scene processing using, uh, like machine learnings and, and stuff. Um, to do a lot of what portrait mode does on their phones that don't actually have two different camera lenses and Apple's taking that same approach here, which does kind of prove that the telephoto lens actually doesn't really have that much to do with the way that portrait mode works, which is something that I think Apple is like, is it like a kind of a false tale that Apple has spun for a while? But, um, yeah, this phone is totally fine. It's big. I think that is the one thing that maybe they can be confident about is that people who want um, like a medium-sized phone are still kind of stuck with the with the 10s or falling back to the iPhone 8 or 7 that will continue to be sold. But um, yeah, but but form factor wise, it's it's not a ton bigger than the 8. It's pretty close. Um. Uh, somebody had it. I don't have access to it real quick, but like somebody had a good thing showing, um, the size and it's, it's, it's kind of big, but yeah, I, but I, I get it. Um, what else was it about this phone? Oh, colors. Yeah. yeah so man, that's uh, je- jealous about the colors. I really wanted there to be a green one just so that you'd have a crisis of conscience. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm glad there's not one. <laughs> so the big news here, as somebody who has a Product Red iPhone 8 who loves the color, super jazzed that uh, Product Red is available on day one. Yeah, that is really nice. And that's always been a really nice looking color, too. Yeah. And also super lame that if you did want an iPhone XS, not available there. Like, yeah, just not cool. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the other ones, like this is kind of feels like what the iPhone 5C should have been. Like, I like I know the 5C was it was their attempt to not just slide the phone down a year. Like, I get that. And that's why the phone was, quote unquote, unapologetically plastic or whatever BS they said. But on this one, yeah, you get five distinct colors, um, three of which are novel. Like, you have your standard space gray, which actually looks, well, it's tough to see on screen, but it maybe looks a little bit closer to jet black than space gray. Uh, You have white and silver. But then you also have, is it called gold or yellow? Uh... I don't, neither. It wasn't, isn't it like bronze or something? Let's solve Let me, in real time here, I'll, I'll go to the 10R and pricing. Oh, it's called yellow. It is called yellow. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's blue, there's coral, which is, which isn't, isn't pink, but it's, it's kind of a peachy, a peachy red or something. Um, and then a, a very light blue. Yep. Yeah. So and it's, it's and cool. also real time follow up. It it is just called black. There's there's no no space gray for yeah the X the the uh, the ten R. No, it's just given. 
<laughs> call it call it Obamacare. Um, yeah. So I think this phone is super interesting. Um, but yeah, but but so I I, I have decided I'm I'm not getting any of these. But you have already done 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 some your due diligence on how you're going to upgrade on Friday. So what's what's your deal? Yeah, I mean, so they've you know the the first year of the upgrade program, like in the upgrade cycle, was like a total disaster where you had to go into the store and do the swap physically there, which meant you couldn't pre-order online. Like it was it was a whole whole mess. I think I ranted about it on the show, but starting I guess last year they implemented a really really smart system where. You can do it all online. You, specifically, you can do it all within the Apple Store app on your phone. Um, you know, it has a really neat feature where it obviously knows what phone you're doing it on. So it knows the iPhone upgrade account that it's linked to. So you just, it's, it's a link right on the homepage of the Apple Store app. And you basically go through kind of like the pre-approval process for the, the uh, loan you basically do everything except physically buy the phone. So then you can log on, you know, at midnight and then just, you know, click purchase and you're done. And all the other steps have been confirmed. So I, I went through and, and did that today. Um, and so I'm getting a space gray, um, 10 S max. And I, I, I went back and forth between going two fifty six or five twelve. But I still have like 140 gigs free on my 256 phone, so it seemed like that would be sufficient. So I ultimately went 256. Yeah, and all your podcasts are going to be on the watch now, so you don't even need that space anymore. That's right. Yeah, with iCloud Photo Library, I don't. I don't really think anybody needs 512. No, I just yeah. I, I, when I actually on my 10 i actually even have like the full image quality option turned on and i'm i still have that much space so so yeah um just couldn't couldn't justify going with the 512 which i guess by the way is a that's a new thing now with the 10s sorry what was that that the 512 option oh yeah yeah the ipad has had it for a few years but it hasn't been on a phone before right um you're excited for to be able to have your memojis. Oh my god! I, that that was the other comment I made to you is that um, I think if I ever see someone actually using the animoji things in in FaceTime, I'm I'm just I'm gonna switch to Android. Like that'll that's it. <laughs> this gives me a reason to buy an iPhone 10. <laughs> just watch you use Android for a week and then you pull your hair out. Um, and I I I, I feel like you kind of push back on this when i bring this up so i don't know Hmm. if i'm just like running in the wrong circles as you would say but i i see (laughs) Um, yep i see a ton of people on a fairly regular basis like facetiming just out in public like you know no headphones just using the speakerphone just you know just having a video call right out in you know middle of the walkway or wherever um, uh, again, non-tourists, I disagree. Tourists, tourists, yes. No, I'm, non-tourists. I'm, I'm very much really. referring to non non-tourists. No, I mean even when I'm downtown, it it's still not that many people. I will occasionally see somebody seated, not walking around, having a FaceTime call, but walking around and holding the phone in front of their face is is 
other than obvious tourists, I, I, that is not my experience. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I definitely see both. Um, but well, uh, now they can pretend to be a lion or um, a pile of poop and <laughs> do it that way too. Cause some, some developer had to get up from the mission and go on a shuttle to Cupertino to program poop emoji. <sighs> Um, what else is there related to the equipment? Um, I think I, I, I kind of got bored and trailed off and stopped doing the notes after the watch. Like, cause, oh, well, okay. So let's start talking about the game demos. Yeah. That's what I wanted to get to. Okay. So I vaguely know, I, like, I know who Steve Nash is. I know him from that one song, um, by, by Nelly Furtado. And I know <laughs> that he, um, played for, don't tell me. He's not on the Mavericks. That's Dirk something or other. Uh, he, 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 he was on the he Mavericks. Played on the, oh, was he? Cool. Mm-hmm. Did he ever play for the Phoenix Suns? Yes. All right. Okay. And then he also maybe ended his career with the Lakers? Yes. Oh, poor guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like working in Apple for a while and going to work for HTC. He broke his he broke his leg in his second game with the Lakers and, and just never really fully recovered from that. Oh. Well, but I've always known him as to be a cool guy, or he yes. always seems like it's like the NBA is full of a lot of personalities, and he always kind of like Dirk Nowitzki and a few others, and like Shaq, like it's people who just seem like good, good guys. Yes, who enjoy the sport and enjoy the game, and he just seems cool. So he has a lot of uh, positive points in my book. And then there was this. So first, the very first demo was something of like Bethesda games, and it was just some dumb violent video game that just there's eighty thousand of them on the App Store already. But then the second one was a a app called a home court or what was it called? Yeah. Home court. Yeah. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like normally like every AR or like, um, demo that tries to overlay something on the real world has always looked so dumb and stupid. Like the third demo did. Uh, but the second one, like it was so cool where it, it used all the sensors and stuff and the camera technology and, uh, AR kit and stuff to, uh, you could just set your phone somewhere and have it watch you on on a half court shooting free throws. It would map like uh like the ball's release, the speed where you were on the court, your miss your made shots and misses, and so much other stuff. And it actually even did like this like little like skeleton overlay thing, so you can kind of like watch your form. Like it was such a cool demo. Um, yeah. So the the, the huge thumbs ups to that. Yeah, it it was really really impressive. So it was a it's a shot tracking app that's keeping track of the space on the court that you're shooting from, how many makes and misses you have, and then a bunch of other really interesting statistics about like release time, uh angle of your shot, all kinds of really really cool um stats. The the question I would have though, a couple of questions. One is I, from the demo, it seemed like the iPhone was like at center court, like on a tripod, which that seems kind of, I don't know, the, the expectation to put your iPhone on a tripod to be able to use an app is a bit weird. Um, and then even just like not only the placement of the phone, but like the lighting conditions were absolutely perfect on the court. Like, I'd, I'd be curious how well it works, like outdoors or maybe in a slightly like dimmer lit um indoor court um so i mean really really cool demo probably one definitely the the neatest ar demo i've seen maybe one of the neatest iphone demos i've ever seen Mm -hmm. but i'd be curious 
to see how it actually works in in real life. So I could be misremembering, but I think from the event, the camera or, or the the iPhone, it looked like it was off to the side of the court. Like it looked like it was probably like on a chair, uh, courtside. So I, I don't think it was on a tripod, but I think it probably would work best that way. And it oh, I think it. Oh, it had to have been on a tripod. Well, I, I'm I'm sure for the demo itself, but I think the the it was made to look like it was plausible that it was just put on a chair. Maybe, maybe. Like yeah, maybe, maybe propped up between a couple of water bottles or something. Um, but yeah, it was it was super cool. Like I I know like if you're like if it's like night on like some public park basketball court, probably not ideal. But I mean, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, and also I, I'm just it's so rare that there's a, a cool product demo on stage or one that seems like it's usable or like this is something that somebody would actually do yeah so uh that was cool and but yeah the other two the the third one was just of two people like jousting and playing an ar game on a table so darn silly and then the the other one was a snooze so yeah so that that was the one cool app demo so is that that it on the on the phones i think so was there anything else no i think that's it i mean i i think you know, maybe the last kind of bit here is, you know, I think part of what this event was today is is kind of being defined as to what wasn't there. Um, mm. Because I think it it definitely brings up a question and, you know, assuming all these rumors are true and there's certainly enough of them to think that they probably are, where we're, we're still going to get new iPads and new Macs before the end of the year. Well, we already like, got a Macs. <laughs> nice um <laughs> so is there yeah. is there really gonna be yes another There's event october event which which define like I, they've done it before like that that in that in and of itself isn't surprising but are they really gonna put the the macs and the ipads up on the stage together and just be like here here are updates one to a product that you know we think is like the future of computing and one that we think we is hate. the computing of yesterday. I mean, that's just, that's, that we that's, actively hate. Yeah. Very strange. Well, so let me phrase it a different way. Let me ask you a question of what you think is more likely. So do you, do you think Apple makes an event that is literally just iPad pro or no, I, do you, I, or, I don't. or do you think that they do this awkward, Oh, we pretended that the iPad was the greatest thing ever. And actually a lot of people don't like iOS 11 and it's, only Federico Vitici knows how to use the multitasking and nobody else can figure it out. Like I, th I think they find a way to reconcile that because they, I don't, I don't see a world where they do to like, I don't think they ever release an iPad by press briefing. I think it has more prestige than that. The Macs, they don't care. So obviously they would, but also they already refreshed the mid range slash low end iPad. So it would literally just be iPad Pro in a year where iOS, the enhancements to it aren't really iPad focused. So yeah, I think there's a weird event where they talk about the the iPad Pro. They do a whole bunch of demos with productivity stuff. They maybe do a preview of um, Photoshop or whatever Adobe said they were committing to moving to iOS. And then they talk about the Macs and they have the MacBook Air replacement they have maybe a couple of things related to um, uh, filling out the line. Maybe something happens to the MacBook Escape. They have the new Mac Mini. 
They maybe do some lip service for the MacBook uh, for the Mac Pro, but probably not. And actually, the uh, the non iMac Pro 5K iMac hasn't gotten any substantial update in like two years. So I think that could fill out a very solid hour and a half event at not the Steve Jobs Theater. Yeah, I mean, you know, I obviously, you know, went on record last week as saying that I, I thought the iPads were going to be at this event and then we would get the new Macs just probably in a press release down the road. And in the past, I think that's made a lot of sense where the iPad has been part of the iOS family. Like there, there's been a couple of occasions where the phones and iPads have kind of shared the stage. Um, but I mean, kind of just thinking about this in real time now, I mean, maybe this October event becomes, you know, here's our computer event for the year. And, you know, we've got computers for all kinds of, of people. We've got iPads, we've got traditional Macs. And I don't know, maybe this is part of the strategy as positioning the iPad as more of a computer and less of an iOS device. Maybe. I, I think that's actually valid. I think since it's only going to include the iPad Pro, that's... I think they would have to step carefully with that ever since that really stupid ad. But I think they I think that's actually a through line that you could pull to, to tie those two things together. I do too. And I, I think I think there's something to it. I mean, you know, we we've said over and over again that clearly for people like you and I, an iPad cannot be our computer. But on the flip side, there are many people where an iPad certainly could be someone's one and only computer. So you could probably tell a story around, you know, Apple is a proud computer company and we're, we're now, <laughs> you know, we're now proud to talk about our, you know, most diverse laptop line that we've ever had. You are grasping. Com computer line we've ever had. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, you know, we've, we've got a computer for everybody. <laughs> what's a, What's a computer? No, that's what the invite says. What's a computer? <laughs> Fuck it. We don't even know. We thought the Mac would be dead at this point, but we, but apparently annoying people still want it to exist. <laughs> so who cares? And then shrug emoji. Right. Um, so going back, uh, sorry, a couple quick roundabout things on the iPhone that I forgot about. I just opened my notes again. Um, iPhone SE is dead. iPhone 6S is gone. So every phone that still had a headphone jack is gone. Uh, the new iPhones will not include a headphone jack adapter. So, interesting. Yeah, so I, I took a I took a screenshot of of the moment where they showed the entire iPhone lineup on stage. That's so it's what a mess. <laughs> so it's the and boy, what what a product lineup this is from a naming perspective. There's the mm -hmm. iPhone Seven, iPhone Eight, iPhone XR, iPhone XR. Damn it, iPhone Ten R. Obamacare. Oh, yes. I never did that with the 10. I don't know why I'm starting to do it now. Um, and there was, there was some funny Darth feed. I couldn't find it a minute ago, but it was just like right after all the phones were announced, he goes like, I've already forgotten which phone is which. <laughs> that mm -hmm. was pretty good. Uh, so also, Darth totally guessed, <laughs> called Tim Cook on his bullshit about the, the fake tweet, which is amazing. Oh, yeah. Because he said, if this is some tie-in to some stupid intro video, I'm, I'm going to eat something I had or something. <laughs> and it totally was. Yeah, but they totally didn't. It didn't work because they apparently cut whatever 
part of the video out that that would have related to. Um, anyway, uh, so the iPhone XR, the iPhone XS, and the iPhone XS Max. But here's the thing, but behind, I'm, and I'm sorry if, if you actually just said this, but behind the 7 and 8, I just, the pluses are still there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is um, not surprising with the iPhone 8, a little surprising with the iPhone 7, that the 7 Plus is sticking around. Yeah. But man, I mean... I, I, <laughs> pricing wise actually I, I don't have much of an issue with the the lineup I, I think i think it's it's a it's a good spectrum of pricing but but why don't why don't you just get rid of the seven make a 32 gig version of the iphone 8 and call it a day like make the iphone 8 because they've done this before make the iphone 8 32 gigs and 128 yeah i, I guess i guess because like the, the the thing that bugs me about this is that the iPhone seven at its current price point, like it, it taking that hundred dollar price drop and going down to four fifty, that's not moving the needle in India and developing markets. China doesn't care about it because it's an old phone. The United States doesn't really care about it because like it's not as cheap as the iPhone SE, and for that price, why not just go up to the iPhone eight? So this, why does this exist? Can't tell you. No. Um. Other last thing that we forgot to talk about was uh, the iPhone uh, XS and XS Max. Um, actually, I don't know if the uh, the XR does, but the uh, they will all support um, eSIM technology, which allows uh, Verizon, AT and T, and T Mobile to be supporting this in the US, as will a bunch of global carriers, which allows when you're traveling rather than doing like your airport. Um, Actually, no, you didn't do the airport vending machine. You ordered it from EE beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you could have, you keep your US SIM in there and not have to worry about it. And you can just activate an eSIM like on a prepaid carrier while you're traveling. Or if you're somebody who wants to do a, uh, like a business personal phone situation and you don't have some like cloud VoIP solution, um, that's another reason that this would work. And then also for the Asian market in China, they will actually be doing a physical dual SIM model. Which that's something that's super common. Uh, which actually is kind of interesting that they bothered to do that. I mean, yeah, I mean, China is certainly a big enough market for them now, where I, I think that makes sense. Um, yeah, the eSIM thing, like even in the context of what we just did going to Italy uh, a month or so ago, would have been really handy because, man, it is just it is a harrowing experience switching the SIM card out of your iPhone. Um, I mean, fortunately, I still have one of those SIM removal tools, so that helps. AKA a paperclip. Wait, what? Well, there's there's that. Oh, the, the phone. Do the phones still ship with the fancy pants Apple blessed pokey thing? No, they don't. Um, but I think it was my iPad Pro that came with one, mm. or maybe it was the AT and T SIM card that I got for it that came with one. I whatever. I somehow I got one fairly recently because. Paper clips work, but you have to get you know like the like a small enough one because like a standard size paper clip's a little too big, so you got to get one of the smaller ones. Um, and then like the nano sims are like so freaking tiny that mm, yeah. um, like you know like when we when we swapped out our sim cards, like obviously we had to like not lose our current sim card, so I had to have like a little plastic baggie and like put you know our old sim cards into that, so. If we were able just to leave our SIM cards in there, our US SIM cards in there, and then just temporarily activate an eSIM while we were over in Europe, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing 
um, is that Apple Care will now have a higher tier version that offers loss and theft protection. Which I mean, yeah, that's that's a thing that's I mean, that's a thing that's been a thing for cell phones forever. So that makes yeah, sense. but not with Apple, which is weird. Um, and yeah, the, it's it costs an extra hundred dollars over regular Apple Care Plus, and the deductible is two seventy. Oof. Yeah, well, I mean, considering the MSRP of the phone, that's yeah, yeah, it's prob- yeah. probably about right. Yeah, and then also, uh, iOS twelve will be available on uh, the seventeenth. Hmm. Um, I think that is it. No musical guest. No musical guest. Um, oddly paced event. Mm-hmm. Tim did talk about the town squares. He didn't use the term, but he talked about 500 million visits to Apple stores um, uh, annually, and that uh, they are pillars of the community or some some nonsense like that. A place, a place to gather. <laughs> uh, and then also that they are going to ship their two billionth uh, iOS device soon. So congrats. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think we, yeah. uh, I don't think we explicitly got this information from you. So come twelve oh one, nope. Tomorrow, what's your or Friday technically? What, what's your <laughs> what's your strategy? Uh, nothing. I'm going. Uh, if I'm awake, I will order the Apple Watch. If I'm not, I'll just order it in the morning. The phone. I don't. I, I will. I I'm going to sit it out. Unless there are uh, reports and initial reviews that say Face ID is just a billion times better. Um, but right now, Face ID is still kind of a no-go for me. Like, it, it when I had it for those two weeks, when I gave it, like, a honest-to-goodness try, it was um, very frustrating. There were just too many angles that it didn't work. That I would... It, the, the problem was that it would, like, it would try, like, three or four times, and then it would dump you into the you-must-enter-your-password thing. And I have, like, a reasonably like it's not like a one password 32 character type thing but it's a annoying enough password where when it fails it's super fucking annoying which i mean you should have a password like that on your iphone yeah Um, so so unless face id is dramatically better um i'm very happy with my eight so making the assumption that face id is really good and you'd be interested in upgrading is see would you go with a a 10r you think that product red one no, I'd get a 10s. Okay. Or uh, sorry, XS. Um <laughs> yeah, I big yeah. Cuz the, the cuz the, that's the whole thing is is the OLED screen. Like if I'm going to put up with Face ID, it would be that. But as of as of now, yeah, I I it seems like not, like the faster algorithms, like that sounds like marketing speak. The faster secure enclave maybe but yeah, my issue with Face ID was not how quickly it worked. It's the fact that it didn't work in a lot of cases, and I don't see any hardware differences that would suggest that's different. Yeah, I I think I even said this on the show around this time last year, or a little later, because the iPhone X came out a little later. But I, I wasn't super blown away by the OLED screen initially, but over time, I think I've, I've come to appreciate it more. I was never a big like black levels guy with screens. like That just wasn't something I noticed a ton again until like we got our tv like once you see black levels on an oled and then you go back and compare that to a traditional lcd you go oh yeah okay well yeah so and and rounding this out the keynote today which 
had an excessive number of intro videos, which I don't think Apple generally does. Um, but it was a keynote made for for OLED TVs. So much black. Mm-hmm. That looked amazing. Yeah, I bet. Um, but yeah, screen's pretty great. That that was the one thing about it that was very very nice. I'm interested in seeing how the the XR looks in person because I just wanted to see how that because I I think a lot of the um, the reason why the notch was totally unobtrusive was because of OLED. So I'm interested to see how that looks. Yeah, on liquid retina or whatever it's called. <laughs> so come come next week, we will not have first impressions because again, these things are out a week from Friday. Um, but I guess I'll, I'll have some impressions of how the ordering process goes, which is always. <laughs> so you'll either, you'll either be like, "Oh, it's a two minute process," or you will just be yelling up, <laughs> or you'll 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 be. Oh, whatever. You can cut this out if it's not appropriate. But did your uh, special lady friend, Max, decide on what she's doing? <laughs> special lady friend, Max. Because, uh, again, special lady friend, like, it, it needs a tweak now. And you can't say special lady friend plus. That's not cool anymore. <laughs> so she, so she, you know, she's in the iPhone upgrade program. Um, she enrolled last year, which for someone like her who is going to buy an iPhone is going to get Apple Care anyway. There's no there's no premium like you're not paying anything extra to be a part of the upgrade program. So you may as well buy your phone from Apple, get an unlocked phone and have Apple Care. So it's a, it's a good deal whether you intend on upgrading or not. Um so because of that, she was like, yeah, I know, I think I'll, you know, I think I'll upgrade. But then when we talked about it again tonight, she's kind of like, oh, well, like why should I upgrade? My 8 plus is perfectly fine. So 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 no she has has not decided yet yeah and and the the other thing is like if you don't want the new phone every year like it it, there is the obvious point of your payments stop in 12 months well i mean that yeah yeah so she i think a lot of people lose sight of that where they're like oh yes it's a monthly payment what like why wouldn't you get a new phone every year well because you could eventually (laughs) stop paying. well that's um yeah so i you know she's like well what so if i don't upgrade like what happens and i explained that um so yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll see. She I think she really likes the the plus phone though. So um I yeah, yeah I think she would that's the thing for her. like if she were to um cuz how big how big's the screen on the plus 5.5 and then the regular uh iPhone 10 is 5.8. Oh, okay, yeah. All but right. again with the notch and the yeah. little reserve space which like is the line for the home button. The usable space is actually not; it doesn't match the plus. But anyway, yeah, we didn't. Well, so you would know that because you you came from a seven plus. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why I'm so excited about the Max is I've never fully embraced the size of the iPhone 10. Like I I know diagonally, it's technically a bigger screen, but it doesn't feel that way. I mean, it's I know we you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier with the watch like apples and i'm making like the world's biggest air quotes like their whole edge-to-edge screen thing is not edge-to-edge on either the phone or the watch so it's nice it's very very nice but it's just it's not edge-to-edge um so yeah so i mean the 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 phone to me doesn't feel bigger than the plus so I'm, i'm looking forward to having the the extra space again with the max yeah all right. Do you have anything else? Do you want to jump into Chef's Corner? Oh man, I, I think I've I, kind of, I totally forgot about it. I too. kind of forgot about Chef's Corner. Um, uh, you can you can web something up. 
because you always go first so i get time to think do i have something in something in reserve here um i don't know if i do um man yeah completely spaced on chef's corner this week um well i'm really ashamed of you so i can buy myself time to think (laughs) um uh, i will cost i hate this remote but the harmony has one redeeming quality which i talked about last time when we talked about it as it being the okayest remote ever is that man those those buttons at the bottom for the smart lights really convenient really really convenient hmm like so many times when i would have like i'm about to start i'm going to sit down i'm going to watch a tv show or something and i would have had to unlock my phone and open up the hue app and put it into like the dimmed light mode or i would have had to get up to go dim the lights because like i i i am too lazy to set up the the alexa to do it yeah, I, I was gonna say like I've never really gotten into the light stuff with Harmony, and I, I was kind of trying to think, well, why why haven't I really done that? But that's why is because we we've always just used the Lady in a Can integration. But the thing is, but like I don't like I'm super picky where I have like I either have this, this is super uh, I have living room, uh, I have living room daylight, I have living room evening, and then I have living room watching TV, which are all different like levels of brightness where sure. I don't want the because, you know, like, I don't, because if all the lights in, in your living space are off and you have this big, bright OLED TV, like, that's that's not amazing. And if you have the lights on, I'll, like, that's distracting, too. And sometimes you want the lights. Like, I've never taken the time. And also, I don't think the Echo is that good with uh, detailed commands. Like, if you say Alexa or people, you can you can bleep it or whatever. You t- turn on the living room lights. Like, on and off works well. But anything beyond that, I found is not that great with it. And that's where generally I would have to take out the phone. And that's where it's super convenient on the Harmony to have like evening mode and then watching TV mode. And then also pro tip is on the Harmony Elite, you can hold down on the remote button and you get a second option when you hold down and that becomes turn off, which Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Um, oh, it took me a while to figure out that's that's where a 30-second skip on the TiVo is. You have to hold it down. Got it. Okay. Um, okay, I think I think I've I kind of have gotten one here that's the, it's a little random, but I think you'll okay. I think you'll appreciate it. Sure. So you're you're a Banana Republic fan, I think, right? I'm 30 and boring. Yeah. Okay. Um, you ever been to a Banana Republic outlet? Yeah. Oh, have you not had a good experience? I'll let you get your pick out and then we'll discuss. Um, yeah, so I've, I have I went to one recently. Um, it was my first time. For, for second time, I think, being at one, but first time in a while. And, you know, they don't, they don't quite have the, obviously, the same selection as a, a regular store does. But, um, man, the prices are, are just killer. Great, great way to stock up on some, some basic t-shirt and shorts. Hmm. You go to Petaluma or the ones in like Gilroy or wherever it is? Uh, I've, yeah, the Petaluma one was the one that I went to most recently. And then I had also been to the one in, uh, is that Livermore? Whatever the thing in the East. <laughs> <laughs> the one out there where it's really hot. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to rain on your parade, but the one thing I will, Banana Republic and all the Gap brands, they make um, products. They're some of the, they're one of the companies that makes stuff directly for the outlets, and it's not generally actually stuff that came from the, the regular stores. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful about that. And the problem with that is that Banana Republic has re, like Banana Republic proper has really 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 predictable sales. Where if you're ever getting anything not at least forty percent off, you're doing it wrong. Oh yeah. So that's where. Like when the regular Banana Republic store is 50% off, like I don't, the prices seem reasonable. So that, that's, I think the advantage there. Um, but yeah, like it's still good. I've, I've been to that one and like outlet stores are, are weird in general because you have to like, have you ever been to the Nike outlet store? There's actually one in the Petaluma, in the Petaluma outlets too. Uh, yeah. I don't actually think I have. Should give it a shot. Actually, Wow, oh, I remember. Oh, we all went to one in Portland. That was weird. <laughs> yeah, um, but also uh, pro tip for people: there are two types. There's the so the Petaluma one is a Nike uh, a Nike factory store, which is their like first tier clearance store, and then they also have Nike clearance stores, which are more aggressively priced but less organized by design. And there's also one of those in San Leandro, which is uh, way cheaper and um, better than the Petaluma one. That's Super hyper local pro tip. Hmm. You got to save those pennies for that really, really expensive phone. <laughs> and watch. I'm excited for the watch. <laughs>